0: I think
1: we're rolling. And I, and I can see your face tonight. I
0: know. Yay. Hey friends, we are back with shifting your stories and Jen and I are across the table from each other. Hey Abby, you just said our name wrong.
1: We're not shifting your stories. I mean, maybe we are, it's but it's been a long day, Jen. It's fine. It's fine. Hey guys, Abby's had a long day. We're back with shifting our stories. This is Jen
0: and i'm abby and i'll fix things for the rest of this podcast i promise at
1: least she got her name right right i'm not gen two no no big one thing be. two yeah big one and thing two i think that's what your husband thinks we are though hey probably you're even wearing the red and white to go along with it tonight no that's because oh, well. it was of L day
0: oh sports never mind
1: yeah, so I had to go to Kroger tonight, and it, first of all, it's been a really long time since I've done <laughs> my own grocery shopping, <laughs> which makes me sound really like not—I don't know—soccer mom, right? It's just they show up at my door, and I—it's COVID, you, you You're know fine. what I mean? It's pandemic season, and it is what it is. But I was pandemic at- season. <laughs> oh, so be a thing. I, I was at I was at the grocery store and the lines were really long and there were only like two cashiers and I'm like, has it been like this? And I just haven't been to a store. And the guy in front of me, the reason I'm telling you this is he referred to like being game day and I was like, oh, that explains all the red in this store. But I don't know what game we're playing. And I didn't <laughs> say that to him though because I didn't actually want to start a conversation. So, so is it
0: football? Football. Yes. We are, we've got sports back, and, um... Are there spectators at sport? There are-ish. Ish. Are there cardboard cutouts at sports? Not at, well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, if, I won't say for sure. I do know that at the UofL games, they have let a small percentage of actual people into the games. Awesome. So. Awesome. It's just nice to have, like, some semblance of... Normal back. Yeah, man, I've really been missing those sports. I know you have. <laughs> and I think it's kind of, the side note for a minute, I think it's kind of been a little frustrating because there's been a whole lot of, like, politics and that side of life coming into sports right now. And it's um, kind of... Yeah, true. You kind of just want to say, look, can we just have our ball games? And, like, well, that is supposed to be our happy escape, right? distraction from life, right? Yeah. Like, I am supposed to be able to come home turn on my ball game, call my buddy who lives across town who roots for that other team down the road that we don't talk about, and give him a hard time. Who's that?
1: Oh, the blue people? The
0: blue people. Okay. <laughs> and, give, and give them a hard time, and you know, or whoever. And, like, it's just – it's supposed to be fun, and it's supposed to be lighthearted and enjoyable, and it's not right now because there has to be all of this politico into it, and, like, you just want to say – For the love of things, can we just let the boys play ball? Do you know the solution to that? Not watch. You don't watch sports? (laughs) Yeah, but when you, I mean, when that's what you do. But
1: then you do weird things like make jelly (laughs) because you're out (laughs) and making it is easier than going to the store. So
0: anyway, anyway, let's, let's get back to the point. let's roll onto things. Um... So we are going to discuss um, a book and an author that I am super excited about tonight.
1: She has been so excited to discuss this author. And actually, in talking to Abby about it, I literally sat here and ordered one of her books on the spot because now I'm really excited. And I can't wait for hopefully you all to get super excited about her too.
0: Yep, so um, we're going to tell you about her. We're going to talk a little bit about the book. And then um, at the end of this, we are going to give you her website. And I want everybody to go check her out. Follow her on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, Also, by the way, we now have a Twitter account. Um, You can find us at Shifting Our Stories on Twitter. Um, I'll link that to our Facebook page for all you guys who tweet and don't Facebook or I don't know what the cool term for Facebook is. so Is there one? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think that Facebook is cool anymore, is it? Ooh, I don't I mean, know. That's, all,
1: that's the only thing I do, but... What,
0: what I've learned at work lately is I'm old and not cool, and I don't know anything that goes <laughs> on. So, anyways, moving on. Um, so, anyways, we are talking about um, Tanya Glenn, and she is a doctor of psychology and a licensed clinical social worker down in Texas. Her entire practice is based on first responders. Um, so I talked about her, I don't know, in one of our earlier episodes. Uh, Marcy could tell us because she's like super girl fan and I love her for that. Um, but I have no idea which episode it was. So, so
1: Marcy, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, please comment <laughs> with what episode yeah. it was on.
0: But anyway, yeah, Let us know Marcy and we'll <laughs> send you a sticker. Um <laughs> So, anywho, yeah, so, um, Tawny Glenn, she has dedicated her entire practice to first responders, and, um, they go out, and they ride along, they ride in the squad cars, they ride on the trucks, they ride on the med units, um... They, as in her, and her team of staff, Her, her staff, yeah. Um, so they go out, they ride with, ride along with everybody, they hang out at the stations, um, basically, they're ideology there is that they want to grow a relationship before anything is ever needed. Sure. Right. Before the incident happens, before the mass Mm -hmm. casualty happens, before the line of duty death, um, before the protest and the riots and the pandemic. Um, she did some really good videos for, I want to say it was Williamson County, um, back in February and March that were on, um, YouTube That we actually used at um, our department for training. Um, And there were, I want to say it was a four-part video series on first responder health during the pandemic. Oh, cool. Not health like, hey, you're coughing. You need to go get help. But like, hey, listen. (laughs) Don't lose your mind because this pandemic's going to drive you crazy. Sure. But here's what you need to do to take care of yourself through this. and. She started really early with that because we knew it was coming. Well, and
1: I love that you said how it's um, kind of one of the basis of our practice is building that relationship and establishing that relationship before anything happens. Because we talked about that even in previous episodes where in the moment, the helpers aren't looking to help themselves They're so busy serving other people and pouring into other people that unless they are very, very self-aware and are willing to take those step back and be vulnerable, like a lot of people don't necessarily let themselves get to that place of being helped And so I think that's really cool that like and important that that's how she really starts is by building those relationships so that I'm, you know, they're comfortable going to her. Or when she shows up, it's not like, hey, here's this random person in the middle of this crisis. Talk to her. It's like, oh, hey, Tanya is here today. Right. What's up? Um, I think that's. I think that's really important. Right. I love that she has built an entire practice around that. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. Like, every time I talk about this and think about it, I get goosebumps because I think it's just, it it was just something that was so missing from, like, (laughs) probably the entire first half of my career as a, you know, public service. Sure. As an EMT and as a medic. Um, You know, I think about runs I made... Days I had early on, especially early on in my medic career where I think, gosh, if I had just had somebody who, like, really kind of knew what was going on that wasn't also in it. You know, like, somebody who wasn't actually a paramedic with me, but also knew enough to be able to talk to you. Right. You didn't have to give the backstory to. Not an outside friend, but not an in it friend. Yeah.
1: Somebody who could truly listen as a third party. Yeah. Sure. But but you don't have to explain like why this was such a big deal. Like you could just literally start with whatever the issue was or the event was and move on from there. Right. And she could offer perspective, right? Because she's not personally invested in the same way or affected in the same way. Right. Invested probably isn't the right word, but she's not affected in the same way but you also didn't have to explain why what that it made you feel sure. or
0: yeah um so today um i brought out her um tanya's second book um it's called code 4 um you can find it on amazon we don't get any kickback from that but seriously go buy it um if you are in public service if you have a family member in public service this book is amazing um would it's just it's great um for all of that um anyways it's called code for surviving and thriving and public safety um and there's a couple points in the first two chapters um that we're going to kind of talk about tonight okay um the whole book is good obviously um i'm a fan but um like i said the first two chapters i think especially with what we have going on right now um again for those of you who may be picking this up later or um kind of a lot of just turmoil and stuff going on right now um we live in louisville there's a lot going on right now so Um, much going on yeah uh pandemic we've had riots um the police are under a lot of scrutiny um, there's just a lot of unknown we've had, um, in the last two days, we've had a whole lot of just senseless violence, um, that I think kind of shook a lot of us. Um, I know there was a shooting last night at, mm-hmm. um, a local restaurant slash watering hole that, um, hubs and I go to, Yeah. um, and a lot of our friends go to, um, that kind of, You know, when that came out, I think a lot of us today were, it it was just kind of a different feel. We were all talking about it today, you know. Um, And it truly was a random, senseless act. Like, there was no, there was no motive, nothing behind it. Um, I stopped at the store on the way home, and honest to God, like, walking into the store tonight, I thought, oh, like, okay, like... Going in the store if something happens, what do, like? What's my plan? What's my next plan? What's the backup plan if those two fail? You know, and like I, I hate that that's the way I think right now.
1: Well, can I say I feel like in addition to pandemic, I think that plays into why groceries show up at my door quite a bit because sure. there's just so many moving parts now to going anywhere. Yeah, you know, do you have your mask? Do you have an exit plan? Do you yeah. have And I don't feel like maybe people that know us really, really well would have a different opinion. But I don't think they would. I don't think anybody would describe us as like ultra paranoid, super like prepping, anxious, ready. Like we are aware of our surroundings. We are cautious human beings. We are. But it's a different yeah. It's, Things are different right now. It's crazy. Like, I had to look to make sure I wasn't going to be interrupted at the intersection on my way to get here tonight. Yep. That I could safely get here yeah. on a Saturday evening because there's been protests
0: yeah. well, just I mean,
1: across the major road from me
0: the, the past couple days. How many people do we know in the last five to six months that have taken police Pro police stickers off of their cars.
1: I I got new license plates, Abby. Like. Right. I couldn't drive my car with license plates. I had to take them off. It was. When it's safer for me to drive around with no license plates. <laughs> right. Than it is to have my. Right. Police identifying license plates on my car. That uh, Yeah, it's crazy. So all that being said. Yes, right. there has been so much to shake up this world and especially in this city and I know it's happening in other cities too of course sure. we can just only relate to what's happening here and the intensity of it and sure gosh you and your husband are both in the mix
0: well and, of and all of
1: that on any given day so
0: we know though that it's not just us and we know it's not just here right um so that's kind of the thought behind the timing of this episode I think was so many people can there's just a lot going on and I think that this needs to be discussed and needs to be talked about, right? Because we send our first responders out every day. Right? Like you send your husband out, you know, you you kiss him, you love him, you tell him that you're proud of him and, you know, you be supportive and it's, you know, hey, have a great day at work and you know, you try not to dwell on the No, then you you go watch your back and you you try not to dwell on those. Pretending
1: it's a normal day and there's nothing going on because otherwise you drive yourself crazy with worry and anxiety.
0: If if we kissed them and told them goodbye, and then right before they left was, oh, please be careful. Please come home to me. You know, if that was what we...
1: Sent them out the door with.
0: Right. Then what... What ha- are we setting up for? Right. Like, think about that extra
1: burden that burden they have on their and, like, shoulders. That
0: package, that baggage that we're shoving them out the door with. Like, well, and
1: not to mention then... My kids who are standing right there, too, the anxiety that I'm unknowingly imparting on them, like, well, that's weird. Why did she say that? Do I need to worry that he's not going to come? You know, and some kids will verbalize that. And I mean, one of mine would verbalize that in a heartbeat and the other one would quietly contemplate that until she'd maybe finally break down.
0: I have one that would probably tear the paint off my walls. Yeah. And the other one would need to have a discussion of why, 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 why. Right. And clearly I can't keep paint on my walls and have a discussion at the same time. (laughs) I'm only one person.
1: So bringing it back to Tanya Glenn (laughs) and the book. So,
0: um, yeah. So the, her books just are really good kind of to kind of talk. This one, like I said, talks more to first responders. Like how do you stay focused on what we're doing? Right. Um, In her, those videos I mentioned, she comes back to remember why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. And we love you for doing what you do. And I think at the heart of it, even when, um, you know, when things get to the point of being so bad, right? Like sometimes we do have to almost get kicked in the face because most of us are type A and stubborn and slightly hard headed. And it's easy to lose that vision and and uh, like we're we're going to get to this i promise but like talk about that perspective of what we're doing um we lose that you know and so sometimes we need that kick to the face to go got it this is why you're here this is why i'm here it's about the bigger picture right it's not about today it's it's maybe not about what's happened right now yeah right like the last 15 years of my career have been great The last five months have been crap. Yeah. But I can get through this because I've gotten through other things. Right. And when I get through this, it will get better.
1: Well, and you know something that has kind of gone through my mind a lot in just the past couple days is that God has prepared you for such a time as this, right? Right. Like, oh, oh. in what ways have I been prepared for such a time as this? Whatever today might be and today might look completely different than tomorrow and the next day but like everything that you have been through has prepared you for such a time yeah as this
0: well and you know you you and I have talked about this and I don't remember if we've talked about on the podcast or not but I you know I talked to you I don't remember what it was about the something that happened and I said you know like why like I know that God doesn't give me more than he thinks I can handle. And your response was... Yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Absolutely, he he does. does.
1: But you said... Um, That he gives you more than you can handle because he can handle. He will never give you more than he, he can, can handle. handle. I think that is a phrase that the pronoun has gotten, the pronoun the pronoun <laughs> has gotten mixed up along the way, right? Right. God will never give Abby more than God can handle. Right. Because it's Abby can, me. it's not about you. It's about leaning on him right. and depending on his strength and his wisdom and, Letting him pour into you and carry you through those moments. Right. So it's not about what you can handle or what I can handle. It's about taking those moments where we are drowning and reaching out to him to carry us through and give us that guidance and really leaning on him through those moments.
0: Right. I've been reading another book, um, part of a Bible study, and they were talking about how God uses your weaknesses Mm -hmm. for his strength and to do his work. And I was like, oh, like if that didn't just hit me, like right right in the gut for this season of my life.
1: Right. Well, and it's for the same reason, right? Because through, through my weaknesses where he is strong, because through my weakness is where I'm depending on him the most. I can't depend on my own strength for things that, I'm flailing around at or yeah. I don't know how to handle. I have to.
0: I have turn to reach out. Yeah.
1: To him. And so it truly is. I mean, those go hand in hand, right? Yeah. he, he absolutely now he's not giving you more than you can handle, right? To be vindictive and to be mean. Right. We we live in this world of humanness and brokenness and heartache right. and and happiness, and we live in this world of all the things. Time isn't so. Well. <clears throat> Oh, does this relate to the it book? It
0: ties in so well. I'm so
1: excited, I know. but we live in this world. Like, I don't want anybody to listen and think, "Oh man, what a mean God, right?" Like, doom and
0: gloom, yeah. Man. I don't
1: know that we've ever gotten super God on here, but I, I feel like that has been that has been the source of my strength through this, and yeah. and I know it's been the source of your strength through it, and just that reminder that. In my weakness, he is strong, and yes, this is more than I can handle, but it is not more than he can handle.
0: Well, and and you pointed it out too, and we've talked about it, like, we don't know, there's so much uncertainty in the next week, two weeks, six weeks, whatever, and there's so much that it's like, how am I going to do X? How am I going to do Y? How are we going to get through next weekend, you know? How am like, I gonna get through tonight? I mean,
1: well, not tonight. Tonight I'm right. with Abby. So. I know tonight
0: it's good. But yeah, like there's so much uncertainty, but you have reminded me time and again that he knows I'm like so it's it's good, it's fine, like and I have to there are times I have to sit back and trust and it and I think again it's hard for those of us that are so type a and so you like to be in control and know how to handle things yes right like nobody got into public service because we're not a fixer right you like to fix we are the fix we are the fixers like give me your problems give me your issues i want to find the problems right right like that has been a struggle for me all the way through life. Like, if you come to me with a problem going on in your personal life, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh uh-huh. well, let me tell you how to fix it. Right. And I have had to learn over the years how to be like, oh, and listen and be that kind of listener as opposed to the fix-it listener, you know, because that's just who we are. That's, that's what we do. Right. Except that we, we don't actually up. have
1: the power to fix some of the problems. I know.
0: <laughs> but we do everything we can. When right. We, you know, like we get called and we show up and we fix. Right. Until we can't fix. Right. Um, and so I think it's, this season has been especially hard for a lot of us because we can't fix any of this. Right. <laughs> this is so, everything is just so out of our hands and it's, oh. Like, it's just hard. And yeah. And I think it's a very learning curve for, it's a learning curve, obviously, for everyone.
1: Well, and if I could scroll back through all of our texts without it, like, <laughs> freezing up my phone, I... we're scaring you? I'm not even sure how many times I would count where I say, Abby, like, God already holds tomorrow. Yeah. No, nothing comes to you that hasn't oh, yeah. already gone through him, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it's already, it's already gone through him. And my, my friend Amy always reminds me that if it isn't good it isn't done because yeah. God is good all the time right and yeah. all the time God is good if it isn't good he isn't done yeah and that is that helps me then like all those pieces Years put ago, together I heard the
0: quote, um it'll be okay in the end and if it's not okay it's not the end yeah and i there's a lot of times i go back to that like oh. okay this sucks so we're not how done do we with work? it yet yeah how do we work the rest of the way through it yeah so
1: um i'm kind of a different <laughs> my mom always likes to remind me like this too shall pass right and so that's a really great reminder yeah mom, but that was good in march well and then april no but <laughs> i may i love my mama and i love the fact that not only will she remind me that in when times are rough you know that a really amazing day <laughs> mom i had the most amazing day Oh, don't worry, sweetheart. This too <laughs> shall pass. And she, obviously she doesn't, like, she's just trying to make oh, me laugh. But it's like, mom. oh, well, I mean, you're not wrong. But really? You had to go there? The baby so. slept all night long. Oh, don't worry, sweetheart. This too shall pass. <laughs> and oh, how right she probably is. Right? Was. So
0: right. All right. So anyway, we digress again. Back to too the book. Funny. Um, yeah. So the First thing I want to talk about was um, how, and we've kind of touched on this a little, I guess, probably, but um, so entering public service, right? So we all kind of, we get into this, we're fixers. We want to help. Sure. We want to help the situation. Um, But I think probably most of us, if we're being really honest with ourselves, um, I don't know that most of us like... Really know what we're getting into?
1: Well, I don't know how you could possibly know what you're getting into. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, even working in it for how long have you been in 20, public service? Twenty. Years. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to date you. Two
0: decades. <laughs> Two decades.
1: Uh, she started when she was five, guys. Yeah.
0: But even I got asked that this morning too. I that's was funny. like, uh.
1: even working in public service as long as you have you still can't totally prepare yourself no, for no, what the day will hold, right? No.
0: Like, you st- I, it is on a daily basis that I still see things and go, huh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's new. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you get into this, especially those of us that got into this, I was 18, like. You were a baby. I had no idea. You no had no idea. Yeah. And by no means was I a sheltered child, you know, but, like, you don't know, you know. And even now, like, we work with people, and I've worked with people my entire career that came from another county, and then they're down making runs in the West End, and it's like, you'd think they were in another country. Right. Or vice versa. It's such a different world. Right? We used to have a guy who came from the West End, and we put him out in the East End, and... He didn't know what to do. So yeah. it's, it's, it goes, it goes all the way around. Right. You just, it's different. It's what you grew up with and what you know. And it, EMS is a great learning experience. Like everyone should do at least a week with EMS just to check it all out. you'll do ride alongs? Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> Come hang out. We'll teach you things. Yes. Um But yeah, like, you know, you don't, I don't know, you just don't know... I mean, you watch the television shows. It's not the same. And you get all, you know... Crazy Anatomy. And I think it... Well, I like. I think it's funny, because I have small children. We watch Zootopia, like, all the time, right? Sure. Like, I always think about Judy Hopps as, like, I'm gonna change the world! I want to be a police officer! And the kids think that's great. I'm like, yeah, but... I mean, like... Then you get out there in a couple of years on the streets and how many police officers still come home every day and go, I'm going to change the world. I will say my husband doesn't use those exact
1: words, but that still is very much his mindset. Yeah. That he's going to change the world the best that he can. Well, good. But I don't think that that is necessarily the way that everybody goes yeah. home especially in today's climate
0: I, no and i think i mean i think especially right now right like it's got to be i mean there's been mass exodus is probably a harsh term but like no there's no other way to describe it the amount of people trying who to have, think of what what else to say about like
1: who have either left our department for another department or, retired. or left the career or ret- yeah, yeah retired it's been it's,
0: it's been insane yeah and a lot of that is, you know, when you don't feel like you're supported and you don't feel like you're making a difference every day, that gets hard. And when you're literally told what a awful human being yeah. you
1: are and while until you, you can't do your job. Well, while you left your family at home to go help a family in need right. who is not necessarily appreciating you. Yeah. That it it would weigh on anybody, no sure. matter what
0: the profession is. Yeah, right? I mean, I can't take that many days of that happening to wear you down. Sure. I mean, I it doesn't take me too long in any job to feel unappreciated before I go <laughs> pump the brakes. Right. The, right, and I I'm I think worth more than this.
1: No matter what what listeners do for a living, whether it's you know a teacher or an accountant or a grocery store cashier or a stay at home parent, like it takes no time at all to feel, we can all relate to feeling unappreciated, right? And how bitter it can make you. I mean, I snapped at my husband earlier because I felt unappreciated (laughs) for the jelly. And I had, no, it had nothing to do with jelly. (laughs) Jelly. um, I made homemade jelly yesterday because it was easier than going to the store. And now Abby won't let me forget
0: it. But anyway, because I don't even know how to make Jelly. She's amazing. <laughs> Anyways, we digress We're again. crazy. Forgive us. Um, but
1: my point is, it doesn't take anybody any time at all to feel yeah. unappreciated. Sure. Right? And so, yeah, to have that mess.
0: Well, you know, we had that conversation tonight at work because we've, it's, you know, it's been work and, and yes, we make emergency calls where people are actually sick. We also make a lot of what we have termed basic service calls where it's. My foot hurts. I have a headache. I. Something that the individual perceives to be a big issue. Right. To them,
1: it's an emergency. To you, it's not the most pressing matter that you've not seen. Not life threatening. But is to, what them, I would debit, right? to them, in that moment, something sure. is happening.
0: And whether it's because they don't have access to a doctor or they don't have a ride or whatever the case may be, they have called EMS. Sure. And we go because that's what we do. You know, and and after a while, like, when when you've made a lot of those in a row, it's easy to kind of sit back and get a little, I guess, questioning of, like... Am I making a difference? (laughs) You know, why am... This is just... Yeah, like, am I really even doing anything? You know, whatever. Um, And then you have a run like we had tonight where... It was a literal life-or-death emergency, um, mm. and we got there, and it truly saved a life, and everybody worked together. It was, um, you know, somebody on scene, when we were done, we all got back to the firehouse together, and I, I was talking about it, and the comment was made that it was kind of emotional, just that it had all worked so well, and that we got to see it work, Mm-hmm. We got to see the system work and we got to see someone actually survive because of what we did,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and that it's those moments that make you go, okay, this is why we're doing it. Right. It's worth it. And they, they don't happen that often. But I you mean, don't,
1: as much as you
0: want that feeling all the time. You don't want those you, calls that often. Right. No. You don't want. I don't want to do that again tomorrow. Like yeah. I really don't. I would. Don't get me wrong. If if every call tomorrow was that call, I, I'll do it all day. It will take everything out of me. I mean right. that. If that call hadn't been our last call of the night, I don't know that I could have made another one. Sure. It was just. It it was everything I had. Yeah. You know. Um. But again, we get into this with that. I am gonna make emergencies. I'm gonna take care of people having heart attacks, and I'm gonna get them to the hospital. And then you make your sixth toe pain of the day, and you want to bang your head against the wall, and you think,
1: This is what I'm doing? So I shouldn't ask you about my random toe pain. Today.
0: I don't do toes. <laughs> I don't do toes.
1: My toes feel fine. Today. Okay,
0: good. Because I don't do toes. Fingers, I'm good. I'll take care of your fingers all day. They're great. Yeah, but not toes. I'm good. Um, but so she has a point in the book where she talks about the end of innocence. Okay. And I think that it's probably something that really ought to be acknowledged a little more.
1: So, is that the end of innocence? Like, as in the, are we going back to like the Judy Hops' attitude?
0: I love my Judy
1: Hops. Yeah, but is that is that the innocence that we're
0: yeah looking so at? She says, after a few years of working in public safety, most first responders have reached the end of in, the end of the innocence. They become hardened and callous. And I I do feel like, um, you know, you kind of start to see that with us.
1: Now, I will say to some extent, I don't know the right way to say this. To some extent, though, are you seeing hardness and callousness? Or are you seeing a protective wall up where you've now learned to shield your emotions from the situation so that you can truly... Handle the situation.
0: I think it can be both. But those kind of go together too, can't they? Well, yeah. And I think it's a slippery slope from the persona. Like shutting off and putting up that wall. Of my wall to the screw it, people suck.
1: Just letting your, letting your whole self be numb.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: That is a slippery slope.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's.
1: So, what does she say about it? So
0: <laughs> now I, I need to know right. so she says she goes on to say, "Um, at around five to eight years into this career, public safety personnel have lost the innocence, and they begin to view their jobs as cleaning up other people's messes.
1: Whoa, <laughs> I mean, right the, fair
0: that that's a fair statement, right? I mean. So from the literal, like, car wreck where we're literally cleaning up your mess. Right. (laughs) To the domestic where we got to come and sort out the he said, she said, whatever of it all. Right. So I guess I'm
1: thinking that there is a lot of truth in that, but not necessarily in a negative light on the first responder. Like, you literally are oftentimes cleaning up. Cleaning up messes. I think maybe the difference is your attitude behind it. Like, like, am I grumpy because you got yourself into this mess and now I have to get you out? Or am I...
0: (laughs) I I, wish you all could see her face.
1: Am I still, like, eager to be able and to be part of this moment to help you clean up this mess, whether you purposely created it or not? Like...
0: Is that I think part of that comes with how long have I been doing this? How you know, how do I process Things I was gonna say, I feel like the biggest part is
1: what is your outlet to be able to let go of some of that,
0: right? Because Because if you're segueing us right into the next,
1: oh man, I haven't even read the book. But if you just dump it deep down, it is very hard to let that shell of your exterior get very hard and protective. But if you have those outlets in place, like she was saying, like she likes to get involved from the get go. Then it's a little bit easier to handle it, process what you need to process, and then continue on without letting yourself get hardened. Right. Right?
0: So she makes a comment in here and says, Rarely do they connect to a victim, a patient, or a family member in a meaningful way. The underlying resentment is seen in hardened expressions and in their attitudes.
1: So it sounds like, though, she's saying that everybody gets to that point. But that can't possibly be...
0: I think that it comes and goes. Okay. And I can speak from... In seasons, in mm -hmm. days, in shifts. I think all of it. I mean, hour to hour sometimes. Sure. Um, And I can speak, I think, in a little bit from experience in this one um, that... So, like, I have been in seasons of my career where... It was very much, this is ridiculous, we're doing this again, this is the fourth time I've made you this week, you know, I've seen you more times lately than I've seen my mom. Like, when you're making the same run to the same person. over you know, or it's like, are you kidding me, like, we're making another, my tooth hurts, or, you know, you just get to kind of this point where you're like, I cannot be involved in... I can't mentally get into this right now, like... um Because in your mind
1: and where you are, their problem seems I guess small.
0: I guess maybe you just... It, you know, or it doesn't feel as important because you've seen bigger I things. think maybe that's part of it. I think is that that's what you think is like, you know, two days ago I made a guy truly having a heart attack and today you're calling me because, you know, your tooth hurts or... Whatever. And and to some extent, it's that, that we kind of think we have to do that detachment, you know, of, I can't get involved. Right? Like, I can't. I mean, I remember being a young paramedic and thinking, I have to be able to.
1: Except then you can't really do your job either, right? Like, how do you find that middle ground of being vulnerable? Well, but... and
0: so that's the part
1: that, like. Not being vulnerable. How do you find that middle ground of letting human being, being yourself without being, right putting yourself in that vulnerable position?
0: Right, and so like I think that's the thing. I was like, we don't teach that to. I know we don't teach it in paramedic classes. Why isn't that a class in paramedic school? Like, just like I it's mean, not from what I understand, it's not a class in med school either. But I would assume they don't teach it in the police department and they probably don't teach it in the fire academy. Well, and especially if I'm wrong, please, please email me, text me, Facebook me, whatever, and well, let me know. And that might depend too on where where sure. you
1: are, right? And given that you have in those fields in particular people coming from very different backgrounds, right? Because in one Police Academy class, and I would assume it's similar for a paramedic class or an EMT class that you might have so and so who's ex military who has had this really big experience and then another individual who's fresh out of their criminal justice degree and then another individual who's a retired officer and starting sure. a new career and then another person who's got maybe an education degree and not that any of them are more valuable or less valuable but everybody's somewhere but different. everybody's got something different and so if they don't teach that in the academy it literally it might not have been in any of their background, right? Because that's not required to be where you were, where right in yep. whatever position or degree that you got. Yeah, everybody comes from a different place. So if it's not taught in EMT school or paramedic school or the police academy, or then what is? What do firefighters go to? The fire academy. The fire academy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> like if it's not taught there, then you cannot guarantee that. Man, we need more Tanya's out here. We need one for every every academy. I know. I kind of need her in my stay-at-home mom life too. I
0: like need her in our circle. She just sit at my kitchen table and I know, right? Be a fly on my wall. I know, but yeah, no. So like, you know, we talk about this, and I think almost. I mean, I. I don't say that it was taught to us, but like, I do think that in some regards, like. In this field, public service in general, and maybe medicine in general too. I don't know. Like, I think you're. You, I'll correct you if you're wrong. Well, i was gonna say you probably aside because, like, therapy. I feel like it's probably different. If I'm wrong, let me know. Okay, I'm not above telling you I was wrong, but I feel like, especially in emergency medicine, sure, we are almost taught to remove the feeling you oh yeah i don't remove the feeling (laughs) you like love it and
1: embrace it like i don't always love it but we'll embrace it and we'll move with it in one direction or the other
0: so the ongoing joke in ems is like feelings Got rid of those That when I graduated the academy. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Haven't had feelings in 15 yeah. years. Whereas in my music therapy life, it's very much a what,
1: where are you in this moment? Where do we need you to be for whatever the reason is? Let's start where you are and we will work to move you to where you need to be. Like, no, I'm not going to get rid of those feelings.
0: Now, I, I do want to say. Yeah, I don't. That's, that is so foreign to me right now. Like, right? I'm so intrigued. Yeah. So intrigued. Well, because we really, we are, it's very much a you have to take you there's and there's not feelings. room for your
1: feelings and to deal with. No. I mean, and like, so. Now, I will say though that in any setting, especially a therapeutic setting, also, there's not room for. I have to find a way, though, still to set my feeling because right. it's not about me. You. So i I do feel like it is similar in that what I do I'm, at
0: least get to acknowledge that feelings exist.
1: Well, and I'm not shying away from them, right? Like because I feel like we we're often, moving through them. You're not disregarding them, but you're addressing the physical. Yeah, because I mean,
0: we spend a lot of time with, you know. Calming a patient down, reassuring them, you don't have it, you know, don't worry, calm down, we're good, we've got you, Mm -hmm. you know, don't... And somebody's, you know, tonight we were on a cardiac arrest, and it was in in the middle of running this cardiac arrest on a pediatric patient who was not much bigger than my oldest kid, Mm. right? Yeah. Like, so we're going to this call, and I'm the only paramedic on my truck. There's a brand new paramedic on the fire truck. Um I have two paramedic students with me. There's a paramedic student on the fire truck. Um and so we get there and there's an adult on scene who's upset with very right, good reason. Right. So. Um there's a parent on the way to the scene who's upset rightfully so um and in the middle of all of this chaos there's you have a, a life baby to save. on the floor who's we've got to take care of yeah you know and it's it it changed after I mean you want to talk about shifting our stories right like i used to feel so confident about kid runs like i felt good about kid runs like not like hey i'm an ace i got this whatever but like I can hold my own and I'm good. Sure. And as soon as I had my oldest, it was, I need to hold that baby. Yeah. Forget medicine. I need to pick that baby up and I need to hold him and love him and hug him. Oh yeah, we'll we'll talk about medicine in a minute, you right. know? But like, so we go in tonight to do, to take care of this and I have my job to do and my new paramedic from the engine. He was doing good, but you know, he's new. Sure. So coaching him through like, hey, I need you to do XYZ, and everybody else is doing jobs, and it's I need you to do this, I need you to do that, I need you to do this. And at the same time, I feel like um I told Hubby I'm kinda I was kind of in this like dual role. I was taking care of the scene and the patient, but I also feel kind of mom to my crew because you're taking care of them in the meantime they're too. younger than me yeah and they've all been on the job less time yeah so at the same time I was kind of trying to feel everybody's temperature out as to like how are my guys doing right do we need to tap somebody out do yeah, we need and to I, switch you know, something and I did there were a couple of times I was like hey take a minute yeah you know like are you good uh you know and I was real I tried to be real mindful the whole time of Who needs what. But how exhausting that is. Yeah, no, it was. To you. (laughs) That's, this was, yeah, no, it was just, but, but it makes me feel better to, to, like, I'm at a point now in my career where I can balance the feeling of being mom and taking care of my crew and my guys and being okay with a part of hey, this kid on the floor is pretty close in size to my guy. Yeah. Right? Like, they're not that size difference. They're not that. Right. There's not that much difference. And these are my, I mean, my, they're my crew. They're my guys. They're my kids. Right. I love them. I need to make sure they're okay at the end of this. And then, you know, the parents show up and I'm at a point now in my career where I can, I know when it's okay to take a minute to talk to mom and dad. Sure. Give mom a hug. Tell her what we're doing. Yeah, you know, and I can balance all of those things, and that's only something I've learned because you've been on for so many years, and so because we just don't, we
1: don't teach that. You don't teach that. Well, and so all of this kind of reminds me. I feel like a a hot term around the hospital when I was working the last couple of years that I was there was compassion fatigue. And I don't know if that's a term that you all discussed, but I feel like that's know, what this but <laughs> all comes back to. And I feel like that's the way they yes. describe exactly what Tanya is talking about Yeah, is that, that kind of just being worn down and in, in this book and in, in your experience, you're kind of describing it as being hardened and callous. And I think the comparable term that I heard in the medical field that started to really get talked about was that compassion fatigue because you are 100% your entire shift, these nurses and the doctors and the therapists and whoever, whatever your role in that setting is, you are giving, 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 Mm giving you're going maybe from one crisis to another crisis it's very similar but i appreciated that somebody and i don't know who or where but like somebody coined that term and i don't think that there's any better way to describe that you get worn down because of constantly pouring out compassion yeah and that's not a bad thing but who helps the helper?
0: If you know how to replenish it. Right, right. It's not, it's a how normal do thing. How fill my cup back up?
1: But we have to recognize it. We have to yes. identify it. And then we have to be willing. I think as, as, you know, as a department or as a hospital, or as a workplace in general, you have to be willing to provide resources. Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge that it's a thing, right? right. And that it happens. I have to know that I did it. You have to be aware, and you have to listen to your people when you say, like, if I went up and said, "Hey, so and so is really struggling," or "I'm really struggling." we need yeah. to address this. And then you have to be willing to reach out and find the resources to address it, right? right? Like it's not just a quick fix. All of a sudden, like, go take a day off. Right. That may help, but it might actually also hurt you too if you're going to go home, twiddle your thumbs and dwell. Right. You know, we have
0: to have those well, Adam, resources. Like, So don't, you know, we're probably, most of us are probably – a little on the extroverted side. We want to be around some people.
1: I wouldn't say that that's true for all first responders. Well,
0: I'm thinking more pl- like EMS and fire. Okay, we're not alone in cars. Sure. Clearly, you are married to an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> but I love her introvert, and he's wonderful. <laughs> uh, but but no, it's different because. But you're right. My he, extrovert, alone who rode in, in a car by himself, yeah. was miserable in a car by himself. Yeah. And called me 400,000 times when he worked night shift yeah. and woke me up all night. You're right.
1: You go you go to work and you're surrounded by a family as much as you want yeah. to be. And it's probably hard to find that alone time if you need it.
0: Yeah. No, but I mean, the joke at work. I mean, we've got two, there's two guys on the shift that are on today And I tease them all the time. They have, like, I don't know. They're this really, like, just fun friendship. Mm -hmm. And one of them's real new, and the other one's kind of, like, showing him the ropes about, like, how work is. And I made the comment one day that they reminded me of my boys. Okay. And one of them reminds me straight up of Coleman, and the other one is straight Dalton. Do they hit each other like I saw them do earlier and chase each other across the room? They do. That's so funny. They do. Like, in everything they do, they are my boys' Older at work. I mean, like, the comment I made one day was, the only difference is I did not, like, give you life. Right. You, you're
1: you just here, and I only have you... Does it give you, you hope that, like, I mean, not that you're... Like, your boys are amazing, but isn't it kind of nice to see grown-up versions? Like, yes! Like,
0: hey! They will be productive members of society. Like, It's just fine. reassuring. It is, it is. But, it, you know, it's, it's it, like... No, we go to work to be... It's it's family. Like we how many episodes have we talked about that? You that, know that like, it's a family there. So I was off work recently for being sick and it was like I You didn't have your people. I, no, I didn't have my people, you know, like I had my home my home people and I love them. Don't get me wrong. But it's not but you're it's used not to getting normal. that I mean, that from so many yeah. places and so many people. And you know, when like And only half your cup was getting full. Right. Bed. And so like when, so our shift is different from the fighter guy's shift. So rather than working this 24 like they do, where we only get to see one crew, I get to spend 12 hours with each crew Oh yeah, on a rotating basis, which I love. Like I get to hang out with all of them. You get that, yeah. It's, it's it literally is the best of both worlds. I get to hang out with everybody, you know? No, you
1: all do have 24 hour trucks though, right? We have a 24 hour truck. Your truck is a 12 hour truck. Yes. Okay.
0: So that's what I say. Like, I get the best of both worlds. I get to come home at night to be with my kids and my family. But I I get to see all the crews. And when I don't get to go to work to see them, I'm missing my people. Sure. I'm missing – I mean, that's family. I'm missing my family by not getting to go to work. Like, I told them tonight, like, I don't know what I'd do without you all because, you know, like – I, I come to work and I feel at home because it's just like home. Right. <laughs> you know, I I don't so like for a lot of first responders, no, to be told, "Hey, you had a really rough shift. Go take a day off." Right. Probably a bad idea. Because, because if I stay home by myself,
1: you're going to dwell on everything. Right. You're and not going to move out of that space. Or
0: am I going to sit and drink? Am I like what am I going to sit and do in that time? alone. Which is why we need Tanya. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya, if you listen to this, Jen is totally campaigning for you to I haven't even read your book yet,
1: but I think I need to, I can't wait. It's, it's going to be on my doorstep on Monday <laughs> and I think I'll have it read by Tuesday, which is quite quite the lofty goal given
0: everything that Monday and Tuesday will hold, but I'm going to do it. Uh, you'll be able to do it. They're, it's, they're phenomenal reads. Um, So, we have only gotten through the first chapter that I wanted to talk about, but... Clearly, we need to do another episode. Yes, we'll do a part two to this episode, but before we leave, um, I want to give you Tanya's website. It is www.tanyaglen.com. It's T-A-N-I-A-G-L-E-N-N.com. Like I said, look her up on Facebook. Um, she's got videos on YouTube. Again, huge fangirl here, but I think what she's doing Can is you tell? just I know, right? Not at all. Um she's just doing really important work, y'all. It's so needed, and um I want to spread the Tanya Love. So it makes far me
1: wonder if there aren't other people out there in a similar field or with a similar goal that maybe haven't written books and haven't right. done to make to make themselves known in the same way
0: so do you all know any? like yeah if you know them let us know about them too and if you know any in our area we'll totally
1: fangirl them too
0: yeah, <laughs> clearly um but it's such like you said it's, it's so
1: important I mean, helpers help and they fix, but we have to be able to support them. Somebody's got to help the helpers. We have to fill their cup back up so that they can continue to pour.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't do anything with an empty cup. Right. I liked the cookie jar analogy. Mommy's cookie box needs to be filled up or else mommy can't help you anymore. I don't like that analogy. Oh, I read that. Whereas somebody, some lady, explained to her kid that mommy's cookie jar was empty, and until mommy's cookie jar got filled back up, she couldn't help the kids anymore. And I was I like, I think uh. I don't like that she called it a cookie box. I that was what they did in the in
1: the thing. Cookie jar, I can roll with. Cookie box, is yeah. weird. We buy soft batch, so two people into, like, keep the weird their cookies thing. in boxes anyway <laughs> anyway if you Thanks for sticking
0: with us listener. if you know
1: somebody that helps a helper yeah. like please let us know about them because yes we need to make them known yeah for sure our our helpers are people they need they need support and they need to know even if they don't utilize it right like they need to know that those people are out there i yep. feel like just knowing makes a difference. Absolutely. Knowing is half the pedal.
0: G.I. Joe. <laughs> High five. Woo. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why we're friends. I can't do sports, but. <laughs> yeah, but you can G.I. Joe. I can G.I. Joe. And that's worth it. All right, friends. So, yeah. Um, reach out to us. Let us know if, um, I don't know, if this hit home with you or if you've got any, I don't know, questions, stories, thoughts, concerns, funny jokes. I know you do. Right. Talk to us. We're out here. Facebook, Twitter. We're on the Twitter now. Um, shifting our stories. You can find us there. Um, shifting our stories at yahoo.com. Send right. us an email, and we will talk to you soon with part two of um, Code Four. Tanya Galen. See you soon. Bye.